This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Hi folks, tune in every Saturday at 11 a.m. for the Relive Lifestyles program. I'm David Leeds, here from people throughout the country who have achieved tremendous control of their health and finances through the balanced nutritional products being offered by Relive International Worldwide. Tune in every Saturday at 11 a.m. on WCNO for the Lifestyles Program. More information is available at 1-888-871-8734. Good Country Homestyle Cooking is found at Crossroads Restaurant, your place for beef and pork roast, chicken and dumplings, fried turkey breast with lots of veggies and salad bar. Family owned and operated since 1991, Crossroads Restaurant is open 5.30 to 2.30, Monday through Saturday and Sunday 7 to 2.30. Takeout orders available. Crossroads Restaurant, a corporate underwriter of WCNO, located on Highway 70 at Posey's Corner, available at 763-8333. You won't be disappointed. Golden Rule Academy is now enrolling for the 2013-2014 school year. If you live in St. Lucie County and have a desire for your child's education to include Christian values and principles, then we want to meet you. Golden Rule Academy offers small class sizes, caring Christian educators, sports, and both accelerated and paced ESE programs. Free K-12 grade scholarships are available and going fast. Call today, 464-1597. Again, that's 464-1597. Golden Rule Academy, training up children in the way they should go for over eight years. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Pastor, I don't know if I'm called to do that. Well, some things you don't know if you're called to do until you do them. The Bible says, whatever you do, put your hand to it and do it with all your strength. Put your hand on it and do it with all your strength. Well, I'm an anointed singer. Well, we don't need singers right now. We need janitors. And a lot of times we miss the small opportunities waiting on the big break. People that do that will never do anything in the kingdom. Kingdom players are ignited by opportunity. They're looking for opportunity. Ecclesiastes 11.6 says, Sow your seed in the morning and in the evening do not withhold your hand, for you don't know which will prosper, whether both alike will be good. In other words, I sow something over here in the morning, I sow something over here in the evening, then I look and see what's prospering. That's what I go after, what's prospering. Amen? Some of y'all are called to be on the front line, and you've been ignoring the call. You need to get out there and prosper. My God, come on, amen? Some of us need to be at the door greeting people. Some of us need to just show up on time. We can get that under our belt. We'll be doing real good. Praise the Lord. Pastor, you're stepping on my toes. Well, I'm telling you the truth. Praise the Lord. Cheryl's back there going, well, i got seven kids. We're just going to start. We're just going to wait on you to get here and then start. <laughs> the second thing is, is kingdom people aren't just looking for opportunity, but kingdom players 
are passionate. Amen? This is what they said. They said they could tell these guys had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. There was something about these guys that was different, that, that even the world knew that they had been hanging out with Jesus. How many know any measure of success begins with personal motivation? You've got to get motivated. In other words, if your dream ain't getting you up, don't expect it to get anybody else up. Hmm? Well, I got a dream. Well, get out of the bed. Hmm? It begins with personal motivation. Personal motivation is, is that internal condition of our life that activates our behavior. We behave what we're motivated to. Hmm? Whatever motivates us is what really causes us to act the way we act. So if you're a NASCAR fan, then you dress up in the NASCAR garb and you don't want nobody to talk to you when the race is on. Isn't that right? It's an intense desire that moves us to act. That's what passion is. It's an intense desire that causes us to act. It moves us to a place of action where we won't quit, where we won't back off. It motivates us to do what we feel like we're after. We go after it. Amen? How many know if you wait for external motivation when the environment's not right, when the environment's not right, you'll just quit? You're always waiting on everything around you to be perfect externally. And if that environment doesn't get right, you ain't never going to do it. That's for anything in life. That's how people are. For example, if you're in a worship service, ain't nobody worshiping, then you can't worship. You're waiting on the external motivators to move into worship. Well, I don't like that song. and I, Nobody else is praising God. I hope I don't burn the pot roast before we get home. External motivators. Some people just can't worship God unless the atmosphere is charged. It's nice to come into an atmosphere that's charged. It really is. It makes it easy to worship. But how many know you ought to be able to worship right in the worst day of your life? Come on, amen? That's just another way to say that what motivates me is on the external. It's on the outside. You've got a lot of people that work in an environment where there aren't a lot of Christians. They might be the only Christian on their job. So the Christian shows up for work and bails out on the Christian walk at work because their motivation is external. They're Christians when they're at church, but they go to work and they look like everybody else. They're motivated by what's around them. Can I just tell you this? You didn't get hired at your job so you can get affirmed. Your job is not about your affirmation, amen? You say, well, my boss never respects me. My boss never affirms me. So what? That's not what you're there for. You're not there for affirmation. You're there because you need a job. You're there to get a paycheck, to provide for your family, to take care of your needs, to provide resource so that you can put food on the table. That's what your job is for, amen? And thank God He gave you a source of income, especially in today's economy. Praise the Lord, amen? You shouldn't be worried about affirmation. That's your job. And how many of you understand it, it can't just be the other way either? Just show me the money. Show me, I'm showing up for it. Show me the money. What do you mean, Pastor. I'm saying that those people that are professionals are only motivated by the reward system. Rewards should only be part of it. It shouldn't be all of it. Amen? Give me a paycheck. Give me a retirement plan. Show me the riches. That's what motivates me. I go to work because I get the check. But you know what? That is a low level of living in your life. That's low level living. We've got to come to a point in our life where we are motivated by the internal things of our life and we're not motivated by the external. When we're motivated by the dream that God put on the inside of us, when we're motivated by the passion that beats inside of our heart for what we know that God has destined us to do, when we're motivated to get out of the bed because God spoke to us and said, I've called you into this opportunity. Now get moving today. 
There is nothing more exciting to know in your life that God has purposed and planned for you your day. That ought to motivate you right out of the bed. Come on, amen. If you talk to any of the business people in here that have their own business, any of the business people in the room, in the beginning, they didn't always have an overflow of customers or an overflow of money, and everything didn't always go right. They didn't have all the perfect employees that they needed. They had to figure out things along the way to get all the work done. They had to process it. They, they had to get up out of the morning, out of the bed, and get down there and make it happen. They had to be motivated by the dream. This place stands here today because there are people that came here with vision and people that came here with a dream and it motivated them to get out of the bed when it seemed like the odds were insurmountable, when it seemed like the bank was going to call, when it seemed like the walls were coming down, when it seemed like the county kept saying no. They were motivated by a dream to get up and say, I don't care, I'm going anyway. God has said, come on somebody, amen. I don't particularly like working 60 and 70 hours a week. That's not my dream. But you know what? I do it because I'm motivated by a bigger dream. I'm motivated by a passion for what God is passionate for. That's what motivates my life. Because I'm hungry to see people changed. Hmm? Can I just declare to you this morning, I've got a dream. I've got a vision for this house. And you ought to have a dream and a vision for this house. And if not for this house, for your ministry that God has called you to. You should have a vision and a dream that motivates you every day. My God, that's good news for some of us this morning. I'm motivated by the internal power of the Holy Ghost that works on the inside of me. Amen. And it's caused me to realize that I've got a destiny in Jesus Christ. I've got a destiny in Him. Amen. That's good news. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Come on, somebody saying the power that works in us. In other words, God's going to do big things in our life, but it's in proportion to the power that works in us. Little power, little things. Big power, big things. It's in proportion to that power that works in us. I hope you understand that God's ability to work in our lives will always be in accordance to our partnership with our Father. It's how we partner in our relationship. The power of that relationship it, that, that we share with God, it's also the source of my passion for God. It's why I love Him so much. It's why, it's why I'm motivated so much because I'm so in love with Him. Come on, that's, that's the motivating factor of this thing. Amen? You cannot spend time with Jesus and not be passionate for the things that Jesus is passionate about. You'll pick up His heart. If you spend time with Jesus, you'll find out what He's passionate for. And you'll become passionate for the same things. The Bible says the byproduct of their passion was... They spake the word with boldness. Somebody say boldness. The byproduct of your relationship with God is that you're bold. You're bold. You're not influenced by the external. You're influenced by the internal. And because of that relationship, you're bold. Somebody say bold. You get bold in your expression. They can't shut you up. They can't make you be quiet. <laughs> come on, amen. Michael, if you and Felicia would come on up. You know, the Greek philosophers, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, 
they'd get together and they would articulate their philosophy. And they would, they, there was this period at the end of Malachi for 400 years before you know, the, John the Baptist had come on the scene. And during that time, all these great philosophers began to spew out philosophy. The problem was is that God wasn't speaking for 400 years. So what we got for 400 years was the philosophy of men and what men thought was right. All the systems that we live by today, democracy, you know, a republic, uh, representative of the people, the, the sense of government that we have today was all based on that 400 years of philosophy. And some of the things that they talked about, these great philosophers talked to and they communicated, they said, they said, if you want people to believe your message, there are three things you need to incorporate when you try to get a message across to people. Three things. The first one is the ethos. Everybody say ethos. That's where ethics come from. Y'all know what ethics are, don't you? It means that the person that's speaking, you're talking about the credibility of the speaker. Is that person really credible? Are they ethical? Can you believe what they say based on their life? Do they live what they say? Are there ethics about what they're saying? If the person that speaking is not living a life that doesn't match up with what they're talking about, then, then no one's going to believe anything they have to say. They're not going to listen to them. Isn't that right? So that's one of the things I said is that you, you, there's the ethos part of the talk. And then the second one was the logos. Say logos. To the Greeks, the logos was not the word of God. It was just the word. It, it was an intellectual content of what they're talking about. It, it, had to be, it had to be intellectual. It had to make sense. It had to add up. It was the philosophy that was being discussed. The ethos of the word. You couldn't just get up even if you had credibility and speak a bunch of gibberish. People wouldn't listen. You had to have credibility and you had to know what you were talking about. And the third thing they said was the pathos. Say pathos. And check this out. It wasn't just the character of the person teaching, and it wasn't just the content of the message, but it was also the pathos. Pathos was a word that describes the emotion of it. Is what the guy's speaking to me right now, is it make me have an emotional tie to what he's talking about? I understand he might be ethical, and, he, and the word might be critical, credible, but is it moving me? Is it stirring up passion in my heart? Is it causing me to be motivated towards my dreams? 